0: show with me dan and my guest hannah channing how you doing hannah
1: i'm well thank you dan how are you
0: i'm good thank you i'm good um so this is hannah's second time on the show um season pro yeah that's it yeah <laughs> um we got i actually got quite a lot of good feedback after the last episode i know you uh you don't believe it but it i got a lot of really really good feedback
1: I was really nervous you were gonna bring that up in the intro. The pressure now <laughs> too much.
0: Well, the pressure <laughs> most of
1: that feedback was from my aunts and uncles. So.
0: <laughs> That's not entirely true, but somewhat true. Um but no, the uh, there was there was just a lot of good feedback. But don't feel the pressure too much. I feel the pressure is more on me today because last time you came up with the, the topic and it was very mm. much sort of fueled by by you wanting to talk about it. Um I think even, yeah, you brought it up first of all. And I, I didn't even think about that at all. It was a fear of failure, wasn't it? Um,
2: yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, whereas this one, I had an idea. Um, so i just, yeah, I guess it's a good way to start is I I make a lot of notes in my phone. And I, there's, in some of my notes, it's sort of like stuff to think about when I've got time. So I do a lot of writing. And um, one of the things I've, I've sort of wrestled with at the back of my mind for, probably quite a long time, is just the idea of loneliness and um, relationships and, um, yeah, what whether people can be happy being alone and those sort of things. And I, I'd written it in my notes to, to think about and to sit down and write it through. Um, but after our chat last time and, you know, sort of how, you know, you went into something that's quite a personal psychological thing. I thought, you know, you'd be a good person just to sort of bounce some ideas off and ask you your your thoughts on it really. So yeah. Um that's sort of where where the idea came from. Um so yeah, um, be happy to jump in if you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a very interesting topic. So I'd be very happy to explore it with you.
0: Cool. Um, so yeah, I guess would we'll start sort of by um well I, I don't, I don't want to introduce you too bluntly but I see that you are I've always seen you and correct me if I'm wrong is sort of quite an independent person a strong independent woman um <laughs> and, and we sort of have similar we touched on it in the last podcast but similar views on sort of marriage we're both not um not interested in getting married anytime and we we're both not interested in having kids of our own um and so and i i what's your sort of view on sort of going into a relationship and when you're single um do, do you feel that you as a person have needed to be in a relationship or you do you feel like you've been you know without <laughs> downplaying you know how how amazing your relationship with your partner is now but just <laughs> as a as a general thing of like um how do you how have you find sort of being single or 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 going into a relationship if that's too not not too much of a general question
1: no no no. um I think it's a really interesting uh, interesting one and it is something that I've reflected on a lot actually because I was in a relationship quite young that was a long-term relationship so sort of a 10-year relationship from the age of 16 and um like you say I'm quite an independent person and that was a very independent um, relationship which was for me a a positive thing but I think as you grow up the sort of differences when you have a a very independent relationship um, you can sort of uh, start growing up separately rather than together which is a um, reductionist view of kind of what happened and then um when I became single after that relationship ended so I was sort of mid-20s um I hadn't realized um how much of my because it was such an independent relationship how much of my self-worth was tied up in that I thought because we were we had very independent lives I didn't think that emotionally I was as dependent on That relationship, as it turned out, that I was when I became single, and I realized actually how damaging some aspects of that relationship, and certainly some of the more extreme independent parts of that relationship, have been on my self esteem. And so, when I was single, and I sort of could take a lot more control over how i felt about myself and it was like another level of independence that i hadn't experienced in adulthood because i'd been in that relationship from such a young age um being single was the most incredible <laughs> thing in the world and so then when um i'm in a relationship now whatever i for me whatever i went into relationship wise had to be far superior to how it felt being single because i really enjoyed being on my own and being in control of my own um sort of self-esteem self-worth uh, my own time um and yeah does that make sense
0: yeah so so what did you so when you said the the first relationship we had the 10-year relationship um mm. that was very independent um yeah so did you did you what what changed then what what did you did you miss anything about it when you went single or you sort of said sort of like self-esteem and stuff but if you if you were very independent in that relationship anyway what mm-hmm. can you be i guess uh more specific in how what 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 was it that was was unhealthy or or because i guess from my point of view like having independence in a relationship is a is a good thing um, yeah yeah so w- why why did you struggle to then go single or
1: no I um I I grieved the relationship and all the stuff that comes with being in a long-term relationship in terms of you know the mutual friends that you make and then lose and the sort mm. of second family you have and then lose so I grieved on that but the actual relationship side of it I really didn't I didn't miss at all. And I think I completely agree independence in relationship and even, you know, in this relationship, it's still a a very independent relationship in, in all the ways that I think it's um, healthy for Hmm. it to be an independent relationship. What was unhealthy is because we were so independent, we didn't really share in, in some of the kind of more, the deeper aspects of, um you know what we were going through, there would be long periods where we wouldn't see each other. And I think it, it got so extreme that you end up not actually feeling that loved by that person. Mm. And I th- and that's then the the conflict that it has on your self esteem because when you're in a relationship you you are uh, one of the positive things I think from from being in a relationship is a an affection and a sort of support, but um a love that is it's um it's sort of desire led. And I think that your self-esteem is quite heavily tied into that. So there's this vulnerability that comes from being in a relationship as well, which is the the sort of scary part. And I think where where we have become so independent in that particular relationship is we we weren't vulnerable with one another. And that uh, I think that sort of affects then how close you can become with someone and then in turn how loved you feel by that person and then in turn how much you value yourself. Mm. That's sort of the emotional journey as I saw it so then when I became single that vulnerability was completely eliminated from the equation because I wasn't I didn't have that sort of risk factor of of being hurt or of someone seeing me at my rawest or or whatever right that that sort of means and I think I was almost too young to um to be able to be open enough in that relationship to be vulnerable enough does that make sense I feel yeah like
0: just... no it does um what I'm uh intrigued about is you sort of this feeling of being unloved in a relationship for whatever reason I guess other people have their own reasons um do you not then feel that as a single person like you feel unloved or because then you don't have a that romantic relationship you know if you've got the same friends and the family you did while you're in the relationship did you Mm. still feel that not being loved when you were single or do you think actually having a partner who's who's just not uh what what do you think that is like if you if you then don't have a partner at all that's that's not loving you then isn't doesn't that lack of love still stay or
1: no, I think uh, I think they are they're conflicting um they're conflicting thoughts in that you get, yes, you get a different sort of love and affection from being in a relationship, but that doesn't mean that you need to have that kind of relationship in your life to feel loved. And actually, I think a lot of times people, um people put too much emphasis on that kind of love to feel any kind of self-worth. That's I think where the the issue comes in. And I have a lot of very um conflicting views about relationships, a sort of head over heart because to me those sort of romantic relationships almost feel a little bit illogical. Um, Yet, I'm still driven towards. I'm in one, and I'm very happy in one. Mm. So, so it's kind of. I've not really come to any conclusion about what it is that drives us to want, other than certain social constructs. I think that it's it's more than that because, um, you know, a lot of people can see through those social constructs and are still driven towards having a sort of monogamous relationship where they so you we must we must get something from them
0: so what's what's illogical for you about having a partner is it a partner in general or particular partner what what do you find that you're sort of wrestling with on the sort of side of it being illogical
1: I think what I am wrestling with with um biological I mean there's different strands there's the side that um if you're going back to you know nature and evolution then as a species we're not wired to you know mate for life and I don't personally and this is I guess where I don't know whether it's your same motivation in terms of um not wanting to get married but I don't that's one of the reasons that I don't believe in marriage for myself because I don't think that it's a fair expectation to put onto a relationship that you're going to be together for the rest of your life I think relationships you should enjoy for the moment that you're enjoying them and for what you're getting out of them in that in the present rather than putting too much expectation on where it's going and that you're going to have that same um not necessarily dynamics I think dynamics change whether or not um you know you, you're you still get the same thing from them but that same kind of level of wanting to 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 be together um so for for, for me what I see from relationships is, is a lot of time that there is this um this projection of the future on them and that's what I find illogical the the yeah and the other aspect of the logical being that actually um that vulnerability that you don't necessarily get from other relationships in the same way it's very much a conditional love whereas you know friendships that's slightly conditional but less so I think than relationships family Mm. is pretty unconditional um, to your kids to your parents etc whereas with romantic relationships they are very conditional Mm. and I what I find interesting is that we invest that you they can they're the people that at one point in your life they are the closest person to you out of anyone they just they can know you the best they can have seen you at your worst in a way that maybe your parents haven't in your more grown-up life yeah and they see you at your best and yet when the relationship breaks down you can also never see that person ever again I'd,
0: it's really weird that isn't it I I remember thinking about that and sort of yeah like the person you're closest with in your life generally um if you've got a partner will be, will be that partner like you say you open up to them generally in a way that you would never anyone else and you you love them um so much but it's it's strange like you say that that's the only relationship in your life that it can just it can just be over it can just yeah you know you can't you can't really be over with any other relationship in your life in the same way unless it's like a boss but you know yeah um, it's really strange that these it's almost like two extremes isn't it there's got the the person you feel the most love for can also be the one that you lose so quickly and so easily
2: and
1: it's that bit, it's like you can understand the bit where you are still emotionally connected to them in a negative way if a relationship breaks down, but it's the bit how you can get to a place where you don't care about them anymore. That's that's what I find the the interesting kind of dynamic, how you can go from being, yeah, that close and that open to genuinely not having any feelings either way for that person, however long it, it kind of takes to 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 grieve the relationship and that's and there is no you know I've had friendships that have broken down and I still feel like I'm grieving those friendships I never feel like I will be over that in the way that you get over romantic relationships yet that friend I probably wasn't as close to it in a kind of open vulnerable way that you've been with partners
2: mm, yeah so why
1: do you think that then we are sort of do you think we are driven to having partners and if so why and what's your experience with it
0: yeah it's interesting I think the two reasons you gave I would definitely agree with you know this sort of uh this whole idea of romanticism um and I guess part of romanticism is that future projection you're talking about of like you know we're going to be together forever and and you're the one you know you're the only one for me these sort of things i guess sort of like yeah this romanticism that you get from you know amazing novels and crappy uh, <laughs> crappy american chick flicks you know i think that sort of stuff it doesn't it doesn't feel as as deep to me it actually feels um the, that, that sort of part of romanticism actually feels quite superficial um, yeah. I've, I've said for a while I think it's more amazing if two people have been together for a long time and they've never got married you know they've been together for like 50-60 years it's like clearly they, mm. want, they want to be together you know um, mm. and it, there's no sort of like legal thing stopping them um, so I yeah I agree with the, the future projection thing and I also agree with the conditional thing it is a, a strange thing but I think forget um forget forget duh, messing up my words um <laughs> if i'm pro- uh, yep yeah, i'm still messing them up
2: you do you
1: need a couple of minutes you good
0: <laughs> Yep. what is it um correct me if i'm wrong that was it i was gonna say project me if i'm wrong <laughs> forgive me if i'm wrong um correct me if i'm wrong but i feel from our point of view or i'll say from mine is you can have a good, healthy relationship without these things. Um, yes. You know, if, if you, you know, this future projection thing and the sort of conditional thing, I think there are ways to do it. And there, and I think we're finding a lot with our generation, well, to be fair, the generation before, maybe in the 60s type thing, but <laughs> this sort of thinking, uh, making a relationship your own. And there's people on the extreme who, you know, people who have like, 10 husbands or 10 wives or whatever um and then there's people on the other extreme who absolutely will uh go by exactly what everyone else does and maybe it's more religious you know you you get married before you have kids and all that sort of stuff um but i think people are finding more that they can just make it their own um and i think you and me are in that category of sort of going well we know what we don't like about uh, relationships and maybe we're sort of uh, making it our own. Do you think? Do you, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that, and been very fortunate with the, the relationships that I've had that I've been able to to do that for sure. But I think part of that reason, maybe why we've we've been able to achieve that, is because um, I think you have the alternative. It can't be too terrifying for you. So I think if you're afraid of being on your own and losing the support that you get from having a partner, that's I think where um, sometimes uh, the the relationship becomes dependent in in a negative way. Because I think you have to be comfortable. You have to be happy to be able to be on your own. To be able to have a relationship where you can have that that approach to it because you have to you have to be comfortable with the idea that if it ends you're going to be okay do you, do you yeah, know what
0: I mean? yeah I mean that was going to bring on to basically that's already starting to answer my next question which was around sort of how much sort of happiness do you put on your partner bringing to you like how where do you think that line is? Like, because mm. I mean, you could always say you're never going to be if if you ever do accept or want to be in a relationship, or you meet someone you want to be in a relationship with, then you can never say that you were truly a hundred percent happy alone. Otherwise, you you would feel that no need. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. So it's
0: yeah. it's difficult. Do you how do you sort of differentiate? what your partner brings and what you're you're supposed to sort of bring in terms, in terms of your own happiness
1: yeah I think that's a really good question I think a lot of my happiness is understandably wrapped up in my relationship and the sort of joy <laughs> without sounding cheesy that that brings I think what I was I think what I was more thinking with that is that when if we broke up, mm. I would be grieving the loss of that person in my in my life. what I wouldn't be grieving is a future I thought i was gonna have with that person right so and that the grief of the person going back to what we were saying before in terms of it being a very different type of um, conditional relationship where it seems the only one where you can come out and actually get through that grief and be over it and be that person be a stranger to you and you eventually kind of move on. So that grief for me would be pretty short term. If we broke up, it would be a case of being devastated that the, the happiness that person brought to my life wasn't there anymore. But what I wouldn't be grieving is a future that I thought we were going to have together because I have no um expectation of it. Is
0: know, there not there must be having
1: s- a future. <laughs> is there not
0: some there must be some sort of idea of a future, you know. Um even in terms of like, you know, booking a holiday or or like I mean if things were to break down extremely quickly and within a week mm. you're single, that surely yeah. there'd be some sort of future or things that But that's
1: still relatively short, you know, booking a holiday is still relatively short term. If we if we broke up before we were going on a holiday, the thing I would be grieving is still that that relationship breaking down, not that the holiday we were going to go on. Whereas so that's still relatively short term. I'm talking about a longer term um, future where, you know, you you may see yourself getting old together and that sort of thing.
0: Mm. I'm not
1: afraid of being old and being on my own.
0: What about like a house, like getting a house together or making a house together? Mm. And would that would that sort of play into it? Or you are you still quite sort of uh contracty in your head in terms of like if it were to break down then we would get this, this and this or
1: Yeah, exactly. Actually that's the exact approach we took. It was terrifying for me to by my the place I have with my partner it was the big it was a lot of (laughs) mental (laughs) turmoil to (laughs) come to the decision but um, I took quite a practical approach to it in the end and tried to set my emotions aside we have a pretty robust contract in place Um, I didn't go into it emotionally thinking that this is our forever home mm. you know this is a nice place that we can live in together but we very much have a contract where what we put into it we get out um if we ever break up and obviously because i'm so happy in my relationship i'm hoping that we don't break up this isn't me saying we're gonna you know break no, no. up in five six seven years i'm just prepared for the possibility of that happening
0: and, and I think, well, for me personally, I think it helps the relationship. It, it's really cold sounding. Um, it's really, because I, I feel the same. And I think I come across as cold when I say it. But I think once you get past that sort of uh, contract phase in quotation marks, you both don't have to think about it. You don't, yeah, it doesn't definitely. add another element of like, oh you know this this and this and like you know if, if even yeah. if you're just going through a rocky patch you know it might come into your mind if you haven't had an agreement beforehand of sort of certain things especially when it comes to money then that can yeah. be another thing that can bring anxiety oh what would happen if we broke home what would happen with the house yeah. you know I I personally think even though the start of actually having those sort of conversations can be arduous sometimes uh really tumultuous other words that end in us um (laughs) (laughs) but I think once you have that discussion and you both iron it out and you both you know like a business agreement you both have just come to an agreement on it you just don't have to think about it anymore um
1: well that's it and I think going back to what you were saying earlier about independence I think it's also an element of that in there because if you are you know completely not completely but if you are independent financially and all those elements that are very practical in a relationship but you have um you know you you're not dependent on each other in those other ways then you know that the only reason that you're with that person is because you want to be with that person
0: yeah 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 because you
1: don't have those other ties and and you can you focus know, a lot more
0: investment. on the, the problems at the time. You know, if there's a, is there's an emotional problem between you, there's a relationship issue that's got nothing to do with, well, just the money thing, for example, let's say. It's just, you know, maybe one of you don't open up enough or, you know, one of them's got a problem with the, the mother-in-law or, you know, then it, you can focus on that without having to worry about, you know, these other things. You can just be like, well, this is this issue. Um, we don't have to bring in all these other problems into it I guess
1: yeah exactly
0: um so um what do you how do you because you you've been in a relationship where you were super independent and it seems like you were too independent unhealthily independent in in your 10-year relationship Mm-hmm. what What do you find um works for you? and this could serve as for people listening as as maybe tips in their own life or or just just you just speaking personally from your own experiences what Where do you practically find you you can get your independence? you know what um and and you feel that's a healthy amount of independence in a relationship? Um, that's,
1: a, that's a very good question. um definitely definitely not a relationship guru in any way shape or form um
0: relationship
1: guru that would be
0: the title
1: (laughs) um i would say not expecting the other person to share your attitudes, to sharing your hobbies i think you have to have a a life that you can um you know you can discuss and laugh with and whatever with your partner but they don't have to be a part of it. I think the what I sometimes see from relationships and this this is coming from someone who tends to be over logical so um again apologies if I if I seem kind of cold but sometimes with relationships I don't understand why they bec- they become one person because you're still two very individual people, you know. I mean, i am take it to the extreme. I don't even send, like, joint birthday cards from me and, me and my partner. But that's, that's also, I think, completely fair because you all, you know, if I was writing a birthday card to my sister, for example... I think that's a nice opportunity to put down permanently in ink, you know, what that person means to you. Otherwise, you're just wasting paper. (laughs) (laughs) Then uh, those those sort of feelings and that relationship you have with the person you're sending a card to, it's not going to be the same as what your partner has with that person and vice versa. So,
0: Well, by the way, we will will do wasting paper on another podcast episode. That must be a whole... (laughs) whole subject i'm sure we'll i have that. a lot to say on
1: that
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah so i don't um, to say it's sort of like you don't the, the your partner's not going to have the same thoughts and feelings about for your sister that, that you do
1: Totally. and your partner's opinions and attitudes although they're likely to be relatively on the big things relatively similar in some regards for it to to work I think if you fundamentally have completely opposing attitudes I don't you know <laughs> I think that's rarer um yeah. but to expect to expect them to 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 be the the same and share the same I think it's just completely un, unrealistic and um
0: and, and and even though it sounds cold and believe me I, I'm, I'm aware of that sort of feeling so much of just always sounding cold but I genuinely in my view think it helps the relationship like these mm. things sound like they're they're just for yourself and they're not going to help the relationship at all um it's actually making it worse or it's making the other person feel worse but i think genuinely having uh independence in a relationship and the other person not being everything helps the relationship it helps yeah. both people um i completely agree i remember. And, and I can relate to this um, in terms of a of feeling, but I do remember a particular friend of mine, it, it was in his late teens and he'd just broken up with his girlfriend. And it's a typical thing to think, it's a typical thing to feel. Like I say, we've all, I guess, felt it in some way. But he, he was saying again and again, I've got nothing left, I've got nothing. My whole world is gone, my whole world is gone. And I feel like people, it's it, I'm not judging. I Like I say, I felt this, everyone, it's very easy to feel like this, um, but once, once you look at it logically or time has passed and you really uh, think about it clearly, um, I think that that is part of the problem is, is someone being your whole world. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, and I guess it's like anything, you know, I think maybe you and me are a bit of workaholics, you know, if we have that relationship with work, where our work is our whole world, that leaves us just probably just as vulnerable.
1: So do you think that that's the reason that it's unhealthy singularly because it's about, it's putting too much emphasis on one thing in your life? you think that's why it's unhealthy? I think that's so
0: definitely a huge part of it. Um, I think my understanding of well-being and happiness is is completely multifaceted. It's very easy to go to a silver bullet. And like I say, we all do it. And we all have our like mini addictions, whether it's YouTube or it's having too many drinks or it's, you know, um, whatever. And I think that part of it is just placing too much of our well-being and happiness in one area. And then and mm. then we become very, I think our subconscious then knows we're in a pretty weak position. Um, mm. If you're like, like I say, with the work thing, if I put so much of myself on my work and you know, I let my relationship wither away and I don't spend any time with my family and, you know, I let my, my physical health go and I I don't keep an eye on my mental health and and it's just all work, work, work. If if something like what's just happened, you know, where I had um I guess four four solid months of no work, I I really struggled. I, I got very low at the the latter half of those months um but I realized that because I was maybe focusing too much of my identity and stuff on work but if I'd done that even more you know if I if I didn't put any enough space in my mind for other things outside of work I could have gone into a really deep I feel like I could have easily sunk into a very deep depression because once the thing you've placed everything on is taken away you know like I
1: feel like your purpose is gone
0: yeah yeah um so I guess that brings me back to you know my friend and I guess maybe he might have placed so much on this relationship and everything was around that but when it's gone it's it's so much more devastating than it than it needs to be I guess
1: do you think you also slightly lose the things that you also loved about the person in the first place and like when you're at the start of a relationship there is more independence um you know for a lot of relationships and then as the relationship goes on people start losing that independence in this you know in this situation where we were talking about people sort of slightly merging into to one um
0: yeah it's a very difficult one because it is obviously with all these sort of discussions psychologically every line is hazy isn't it Um, yeah and I I found actually through this relationship I think you and me are in relationships that we feel you know are very healthy and are really good for us and you know we feel very happy in them Um, not just a surface happiness but you know just like this is really good Um, and I think what I've learned actually is it's, it's good to have a bit of merging, you know. Um, mm. It's I, I've found a lot of benefit from it. You know, there's so many things that I've just naturally got from Emma. I mean, at the time, you know, I'll take the piss and I'll say, oh God, you know, I'm turning into you and she'll say the same. Um, but I've found that my idea of it is, is just becoming a stronger team. Um, yeah. And and I guess part of it is... is is. Uh, trying to balance that with this whole you know independence idea um, but you're, you're part of a team and I guess maybe a good analogy that I've just come up with so it could be awful but is like you know being part of a, f- uh, a football team or something like that uh, you want to be a good member of the team you want to get on with your the other team members but if it comes to a time when you move to another place you need to join another team it doesn't destroy your whole world you'll be sad you'll say your goodbyes and all that but <laughs> this is probably an awful <laughs> analogy but you you are still able to move on or even just not be part of the football team anymore um but <laughs> i guess that it's sort a of...
1: brilliant <laughs> analogy if i was going to expect a sporting analogy from anyone it wouldn't be you <laughs>
0: just trying to be more like my brother um, but yeah so i guess it's that sort of and it's very difficult to explain a Word, but that maybe that sort of balance is being a good team member and being like feeling like you're, you're really strong together but yeah
1: and cheering the other person on it being their sort of their you know their support yeah but not but yeah okay i see it's a, it's a good analogy yeah
0: yeah i mean in terms of the the loneliness thing, do you do you fit do you feel that you were? I mean, I guess it's been a little while since you were single, but do you feel like you were more lonely single, um, or um, or do you think the loneliness part of it is something that uh, wasn't changed that much by being in a relationship?
1: I think. I definitely, personally, wasn't lonely when I was single at all. I think loneliness is such a complicated one because you can be, obviously, it's it's not an external thing. You can be surrounded by people and still feel very, very lonely. Um, and you can be on your own and not feel lonely at all. Um, but I think where loneliness comes in in terms of um like other your relationship with other people is um not feeling like there's there's any that can relate to you or that can support you um in the way that maybe you need to be supported I don't know I think yeah I think loneliness is so complicated
0: when when do you when do you personally feel lonely can you recall times when you've you felt like again this could be when you were alone um or it could be you know around people um
2: I
1: think for me personally it's when um when I feel like um when I feel like I'm going through something and like for example um and you know we touched on this in the last podcast having a bit of a kind of crises about what I'm doing with my life (laughs) am I wasting my life should I be in the job that I'm in how do I start over all that sort of stuff and when you're surrounded by people that seem to have their you know put together um that can feel for me that's when I probably felt loneliest but I'm just having a, a think back no, yeah no I have I mean I'm, I'm really fortunate in that sense because it must be um it must be such a horrendous feeling but I think it's you know I've been with people who have had um quite serious depression and loneliness is a, a sort of branch of that and that's that comes back to that point we were just talking about in terms of being surrounded by people but if those if sometimes that's not the cure it's a, a yeah, it, it, does that yeah. Make
0: sense? no it is no it is is a difficult one and i guess the the, the image that comes into my mind have you seen taxi driver
1: no I haven't is that the Robert
0: De Niro one yeah it's basically about a really lonely man but there's that just classic image of him walking down the street and there's just other people and it's been copied millions of times and it's just a a pretty casual image of a a person who's in focus and everyone else is blurry but um, yeah like you say that that sort of thing you can be surrounded by people um, it could even be people you know and still feel still feel very lonely Um, Mm. do you do you think it's possible to be alone for a while and not feel lonely? I guess this is a big part of my curiosity. And if you don't have an answer, that's fine. Neither do I. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, I, I got really into sort of some Buddhist ideas a few years ago. Um, and there's a, a lot of benefit I got from it and still do. Um, but this whole idea of sort of like going off and meditating for for Uh, a long long time or you know spending years like in solitary and and do you i mean obviously in most people's lives that is completely unimaginable but do you do you actually think it's possible to be a long time alone i just i guess a better example would be someone who um uh lives lives in a city and they don't have any friends or any family and they do you think it's possible to to try and be happy um alone like not not even just a partner but just not really connecting with anyone just i guess going back you know doing all the stuff that you know typical gurus say of like you know eat well and they maybe they run every day and and they Mm. do all these other things they get really good night's sleep and their their job is really fulfilling Uh, maybe they're maybe they work in computer tech and they've wanted to do that all their life and so someone who doesn't have to you know they go out and they you know get food and stuff and they interact with people on that sort of level but they don't do you think it's possible through like meditation and just training to to feel truly content or do you think that we need we need those sort of deeper connections with people
1: Personally, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Personally, I don't think so, because I think we underestimate how much of our own happiness comes from making other people happy. And I think if you're on your own and not doing that, then I think and and this isn't for everyone, but I think I'd like to think a large majority of people a huge amount of our happiness comes from, um, comes from not necessarily helping people, but bringing joy or support or happiness to other people. Um, And if you're alone for a long period of time, I think that's what you're sometimes missing. Mm. Um, It can be quite a self-involved lifestyle. um, And, you know, the, I say that from experience with my uh, ex-partner, and I'm not saying that he's self-involved in any way, shape, or form, and, you know, he's a really lovely guy, but he was a uh, sort of practicing Buddhist and would spend really long periods of time on meditation and self-reflection and in isolation. And I don't know if I would necessarily have described him as a very happy person. Mm. And that's when I've thought about it. And when I was, I thought about it at the time when we were together and he was, you know, going through this. That's sort of the conclusion that I came to is that, well, actually, you know, making other people happy is <laughs> is quite fulfilling. Mm.
0: I guess one thing I find difficult is if um, I know people that, and there's a few people I know who I feel could be uh, lonely, and and they don't maybe don't say it like that, but they're struggling, uh, maybe their mental health and depression and stuff like that. Um, and I think I agree with you. I'm still unsure because you know that you know there's all these <laughs> Buddhists who just seem really you know Dalai Lama is always, but I guess he's not lonely. He's, he's always uh, out and about. But um, <laughs> he looks like a happy chap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, I think I think I pretty much. To agree with you um that that there's just so much i think the way i sort of put it is if if you do like 10 hours of meditation you'll get as far as like five minutes with someone you really get along with in some ways not always obviously there's meditation that is beneficial where just hanging out with good people isn't but i feel what that do you mean
1: in terms of the energy you get from it well just
0: general well-being just sort of feeling good feeling happy coming out mm. of yourself um um you know even voicing your thoughts you know i i do lots of writing so I, I find that really beneficial i wouldn't want to cut that out i would feel really really um vulnerable to mental health problems if i could never write again um mm. but i'm aware that that only goes so far and i'm aware that I could be writing for like, like I say an hour, but if I just called someone up and had a bit of chat without some of the thoughts, I, that, I can feel so much better and a lot clearer in a few minutes. Um, and I so guess, can
1: I ask you a personal question? Yeah, of course. Because I know you mentioned before and part of your reflection on this has been how you'd sort of felt during lockdown. Mm. Um, so what do you think, because you obviously had writing, but you obviously also had, you were living with, uh, family, and you had um, a partner over sort of, you know, phone and message, although appreciate that physically distant. Yeah. So, where do you think that feeling of loneliness was coming from in that period?
0: Yeah, that's a really, really good question. I guess that's something to figure out. Um, so, at the start, I guess I'll take myself through through my journey with my feelings and then maybe I might be able to find out but at the start I felt um really great actually it was I like so Emma went my partner went down to Cornwall and it it worked out best for that for various reasons um and it's for very practical reasons it's, it's worked out that she it'd be better that she stays down there all this time and that's for both of us we both made that decision but so she's been in Cornwall at the start I was very, you know, happy not that she left, but I, you know, um, I, I like having that independence. And, and if I've been with someone for a while, um, just very intimately um, sort of living out of each other's pockets type thing, then it's nice for me to just have that breathing space. Go, oh, what do I want to do today? You know, that sort of thing. So I felt that sort of nice freedom. And I was, I was calling people all the time. I felt so good. I was chatting just loads and loads of people on the phone. Um, and just like how you doing how you doing um and yeah and I was I was good for a couple of months and I started the podcast and obviously that was a good way to connect with people and and still is um I think the loneliness started I think it was interesting me and Emma talked about this the other day um I hope she's all right with me saying this but we sort of had the opposite feelings um bear in mind this isn't extreme so um but at the start she was very low and it was really difficult for her being away and she felt lonely whereas i I was like sweet you know i can just do this this and that um but it's changed a bit now even though you know she's still sad we're apart and she, she, she you know she is um and i was obviously somewhat sad at the start as well um now i feel like i'm struggling with with sort of like she's sort of said she's got sort of used to it and and that's understandable as well she got used to you know just life and and when we get to see each other again that that will be great um whereas I the loneliness has really crept in this last couple of months and yeah so I've, I've been living with my mum so I had my mum around every day and um my sister moved in a couple of uh well a month ago so I've had people around and I've been seeing friends but I mean maybe it's like the work thing maybe I I am realizing that I really place uh a lot of my well-being on my you know time with my partner more than I thought and that's a very humbling thing um and I think that's a that's a that's a you know a beautiful thing and maybe that maybe i mean I'm, I'm literally just figuring this out as i'm saying it um but yeah maybe that's part of this sort of this these thoughts coming up again about loneliness is like well should i just should i just try and just be happy you know with what i've got and where i am and and just not feel this loneliness or should i should i sort of let this this loneliness sort of be there um knowing that it's a signal that i want to you know sort of be with emma again i guess maybe that's well, that, a, makes a, it, that makes it sound
1: like you've got a choice in how you feel
2: about
0: it i i always feel that you have a choice in um how you how you feel and i i, I do i do feel that but that, um Maybe maybe this is going a bit too philosophical on my own personal beliefs, but I feel like on a certain level, you do have a choice over um, how you think about things and how you view the world and how how you react to things. Um, And I feel like even though in the moment, it's very difficult to catch that, over longer periods, I'm sure... You can get to a place where you feel better about something um, through, you know, just sort of self, sort of development and things like that in a, in a particular area of your life. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe if I wanted to, you know, if I guess, for example, you know, if if I knew I wasn't going to see Emma for two years, then I I think it would be probably a foolish thing to accept that I'm just going to feel lonely for two years mm. whereas I can make that choice like I'm going to feel lonely but I can do things certain things that are gonna make me feel less lonely um does that make sense
1: yeah I completely I completely agree with that
0: right yeah Yeah. so but if,
1: yeah I think it takes practice or it ch- takes a change of circumstance i don't think you can um sort of switch feelings on or off and i don't think that's what you're saying either it's no. about um i feel another sport analogy coming along somewhere
0: us <laughs> <laughs> two very sporty people <laughs> but yeah. yeah okay yeah so i guess that's that would be my answer really it's um it's probably it's probably from that it's probably realizing oh I've do you you think that's maybe a sign of placing too much importance on a partner or do you think it's healthy to feel to to feel lonely um sometimes it might not be a partner you know you might be very very close with a parent or you know and and spend a lot of time with them and then if you know if they go off somewhere or whatever do, do you think it's do you think it's healthy to have some some loneliness
2: Um,
1: I think it's a sign of a healthy relationship. If I think that was the first part of the question, yes, because if you weren't getting certain things from the relationship that you're then missing when you're apart from that, then um, then it's probably a sign that you know you're getting a lot of emotional gratification from that relationship, Mm. um, and then. Did you say do you think loneliness is a good thing?
0: Yeah, do you think it's good to feel to feel lonely sometimes?
1: Yeah, I suppose I suppose it is. I suppose in the way that um in the way that feeling certain things can help you recognize um or make the positives more extreme, um, you know, you gotta feel sadness to feel joy I'm sure as a lyric in many songs but (laughs) um yes I think oh I think I'd need some more time with that one that's cool um but it's a very interesting one yeah I think it I think it is because I think in some regards it forces you to then reflect on what you need emotionally and then um and then motivate you to to go and get
0: it yeah so i guess maybe if you use it in the right way it can be it can be beneficial um i guess like any negatively feeling emotion if you wallow in it for too long then it just becomes consuming and and then it doesn't have any real benefit anymore
1: yeah but i think we're both coming at it from quite a logical perspective i think when a lot of people are in that quite extreme loneliness yeah um, i don't by any means think it's an easy thing to reflect your way out out of um so
0: the, i guess this comes to a previous question i think i maybe got lost with it um if you if you know someone who is struggling and you feel like their they their their loneliness is fueling some of their real struggles like mental struggles but they're sort of saying you know i want to be happy alone i want to be happy doing this by myself i guess a sort of type um uh yeah who, who is a more maybe buddhist type or someone who um is just i guess going for a spiritual journey which is always you know very positive if they're just trying to help themselves how do you sort of approach that maybe actually do you know what I mean? Like if you if you feel, mm. and it's a difficult thing of like imposing your own thoughts on what's good for someone on them. But if you feel that they're trying really hard to be happy by themselves, but actually they could just do with a bit of social interaction, do you, do you know how to sort of, how you would approach that sort of thing or? Um,
1: I think you're right. It's a really tricky one because are we just conditioned to think that a certain way of doing things is the right way of doing things? You know, we're told we're social creatures, um, but I don't think any of us have studied humans enough to know if that's true or if that's a social construct. It's very, we're all in a matrix. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So I think how i i think a lot of times people have relationships i'm not talking about romantic relationships here i'm talking about any kind of relationships i yeah. think it's a very rare case where um people have no one in their life that cares about them um i think if that's your if it's coming from that motivation of caring about someone um a if you know someone well enough I think sometimes you know what maybe they do and and can see through whether it's a um sort of social construct or not whether they are better off reflecting on this on their own and sort of leaving them to it or, (laughs) or um trying to guide them towards um a more social experience to help them get there um I feel like I'm I'm waffling but I'm sort of thinking through That's fine my answer whilst I'm answering it um so I think if if you know a person well you sometimes know what's better for them than if they're in a moment of loneliness or darkness and sometimes they would necessarily know for themselves I don't mean that in a way that we should all be making decisions for other people yeah um but it can and be we also helpful. have our own Yeah, exactly. It can be helpful and we have our own experiences to, to draw on as well. Um and if it's coming from a place where you care about that person, then that already in itself is um is can be quite helpful to, to feel because I think loneliness comes from feeling completely alone and i guess that part of that is not feeling like you're cared for um so if that's your motivation for trying to help them even if it's not what they necessarily want i think the effort of trying to help can already be a positive thing
0: yeah yeah and I, and i guess doing it in a certain way that's not too imposing it's just sort of like saying my own point of view on it, and saying what what I think, without sort of, you know, being like this is what you should do type thing.
1: It is an interesting line, though, where it, what's the line between sort of knowing what could help someone? So, with you know, if you if someone's going through stuff, and you know that, for example, therapy might be quite a positive, mm. um, experience for them to to get through it. Where's the line between um kind of thinking that and then if they if if they're quite adamant they don't want to to do it do you know what i mean where's that where's that line yeah using that as an example
0: i think it's um i think it is yeah just trying to trying to walk the line really walk on the tightrope um trying to push what you think is really important but not not push them too hard um there's plenty of people who have made big life choices and sometimes it's taken someone to say something to them quite bluntly uh or maybe not even bluntly but and that's completely turned their life around um and i think yeah i i feel like if you've said it and you get quite a lot of resistance, then it's best not to to say it uh for at least for a, a while to just right. leave it with them. Um I think it's also being very careful about how you approach them with it and being really, really um yeah tactful. Uh I think that's something I've that's one thing I've I've really learned from Emma actually is I'm quite one of my main flaws is impatience. Um, so i, I just want to do things right now and if something's wrong i want to say it right now and like we we worked um <coughs> we worked in a holiday park together in new zealand uh a year or two ago and uh it was great cuz we got to see each other's working style and um one of my main flaws is well the benefit of what i was doing is that i was really happy to talk to the bosses anytime and i was always willing to challenge them about anything but I would be, I would just want to do, talk to them right now, you know. Even if they're on the toilet, I'm talking to them right now. Right now.
2: <laughs> they need to know
0: what's wrong. They need to know what they're doing, you know. And and so I feel that for myself, I need to be really aware of being tactful when I'm talking to someone about something really sensitive or something, or I'm sort of saying my only point of view of what I think would help them type thing. Mm. Um, because I know that I'm susceptible to just barreling in there being too much too soon and and, and then it just going all wrong type thing
1: right yeah because I suppose people have to as well if they're going to get enough out of it have to feel they if you're going into it already being resistant because somebody's bull, bulldozed you into doing it then you're going to get way less out of it than if you go into it from a place of acceptance
0: yeah yeah um and i and I, and people you know if it's if it's the sort of subjects we're talking about where people are already feeling sensitive anyway mm. it, it can just it can just i think push people too far um yeah. but it, it is it is a really a really really difficult one um yeah but i guess that that's sort of my understanding of um people with it but i i'm I'm very interested that i've got a theory and it may be wrong but i feel like social interactions are so much more heavily related to well-being than than i think i i generally hear and read about um Mm. i think that i need i want to read more i want to read a lot more about sort of loneliness and social interactions but i i feel there's a lot like i said like there's you can do so much of writing or so much meditating or so much of, you know, going on a run. But sometimes having a good social interaction, I feel, can can really boost someone and really give them a great, yeah, just a sense of well-being. Um, and that that's my instinct anyway. But I don't know whether that's just because I'm, I, I love social interactions and I'm, I'm a, a more sociable person um mm. i don't know whether people are genuinely happy just not socializing at all like or very very little i, I really don't know i'm just i'm, I'm skeptical I, i'm just and it and this is the maybe more imposing side of me but i'm skeptical that people are truly happy if they they spend very little time with other people i'm just it's just hard for me to imagine i guess
1: yeah i i agree i think if i mean even if you just strip it back to the physical basics we get you know hormones and things like that from laughter which you can laugh on your own but generally more social interactions um produce more opportunities to laugh outside of watching a brilliant film and laughter (laughs) is a (laughs) a key one like
0: they've they've done loads of tests on that like and and you know from your own experience if you if you watch if you like stand up is a perfect one if you watch a stand-up special by yourself on tv you will nowhere near laugh as much as if you're in that actual like stadium or wherever or even a small crowd with all these other laugh like and and people like there's there's i think there's things of like if you're in a crowd of people laughing at stand-up for example the just having this ripple wave effect of laughs just you just send on it and then you don't yeah whereas you wouldn't have done necessarily by yourself
1: yeah very very true um and how much of that do you think is wrapped up in um like physical contact I always think it's interesting how when we're you know sad how um how comforting a hug can be and I've never Mm. really got my head around what because it's just someone else physically putting their arms around you but it's it's such a Comfort. Yeah, <laughs> and I wonder—it's an interesting one. Physical contact, because obviously that's something that's um, massively reduced thanks to coronavirus.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: thanks, coronavirus. <And> for, <laughs> thanks, coronavirus. <laughs> Especially if you're living on your own. Yeah. Like we're quite l- lucky that we have households of people that we can get that from um Mm. but if you're living on your own that must be so massively reduced
0: i i think i really again it's back to i really think it's so much more important than we realize i think there's so much emphasis on nutrition and on you know running and these sort of things but i think two of the things that i think are really missing in well-being are sleep and social interactions i feel like mm. sleep is so much more important it's not talked about enough and i guess it's not as interesting because with nutrition you can go into so much more detail and there's so many more choices and and with exercise obviously you've got the same whereas sleep you, just, you know there's only so many ways to sleep but um yeah and i feel like the social thing is a real again i i haven't seen enough data I, I, you know to actually offer some examples but my instinct from, from stuff I've read from, from my own life experiences is, is yeah, that, that it's, it's just, I think we are social animals. I don't think that's a social construct. I really do think, um, and, and like, you know, a big part of us evolving was, um, was language. Like language is cited yeah. as pretty much one of the main things that has made us into who we are today in terms of a much more intelligent, a much more dominant species is because we can this complex language and language, you know, you can't do by yourself. And yeah. I just feel like it's it for me, it it seems to be pointing in that direction is that, you know, we we are wired to 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 have that that like you say, that physical interaction. Um and it and it, it is, it is so so important. I mean, you know, I've the, you know like you're saying the long distance um there's only so many times you can say on someone on you know facetime or whatever oh i want to give you a hug or I could hug you right now and it's okay. just be like oh yeah but you can't and it's and i think it's we i i felt that over time is that you know um actually having that that physical yeah like a hug or something like that is it's it makes a, a world of difference really
1: but why, why do you think that is if you're getting you know if you're getting emotional support um from someone over the phone or over facetime or whatever it is what what do you where do you think that need for the physical contact comes from
0: yeah it's a really good question i guess um my example i would give this time which is probably a bit more uh <laughs> probably a bit more accurate than the football example but We've all got used to Zoom now. We all, well, I say, got used to. We've all, we all know what Zoom is now. You know, most people have done it, either whether it's a family quiz or, you know, uh, for work or whatever. And with Zoom, even if your internet, everyone's internet is perfect and it's to time and everything like that. You, that natural instinct of what we feel we're missing so much—not even touching the other people, but just being in the same room. Like you know, so we're cousins and we have when we're together, all us cousins we have this dynamic that is just it is magical in a way it's sort of like you know when people have those sort of dynamics whether it's best friends or partners or or cousins it, you almost it's you can't you can't put your finger on it it's just this sort of yeah. ping 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 but when we go on zoom again you know we, we had a bit of lag or whatever but it, you know it's a pretty good connection it's not the same you know
1: it's proper awkward those zoom calls
0: yeah you just you just don't have that same it's and and yeah okay there's a problem with technology and maybe if technology is super duper, but i just feel that just being in the same room there's so much of social interactions that we don't even realize it's like this thing of like um uh you know most communication isn't via words Which I shouldn't say on a podcast, but.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think
1: it's something like 20%. Yeah. 20% is the words, like 60% is the body language, and then the rest is like the tone at which you deliver the words.
0: Exactly. I think that's right. Well, exactly. And there'll there'll just be so many things that we don't realise. Like science will go along and we'll start to actually pinpoint that sixty percent and like break it down even more, you know. It might be the smell mm. of people, it might be, you know, the body mm. heat, you know, you might there's just it's a very spiritual term, but I feel that there is an aura with people. And the reason I'm happy to use that spiritual word is because i don't know and i don't think most people know what the science is of when you're actually there the energy or whatever you want to call it there is that you know that people walk into a room and there is a feeling with it it doesn't matter what they say um or even if they look the same that there is a there is an energy there so i i don't know exactly but i feel that we bring so much that we don't know yet um to whenever we walk into a room, we see another person. We're, we're close with that person. There is there is really something there, um, and I think, yeah, I think the further you get away from that, um, it's you. You start to realise more and more. You know, if if you take like the extreme end of the spectrum, so if you have like, um, you know, you're you're texting your mum from a really far away no we don't have to be a far away place but you're texting your mum and you haven't seen her for a long time and then the difference between that and you're te- you're saying the same things but while giving her a hug like yeah everyone who hears that example will just know you know it doesn't have to be your mum, but anyone they've they feel close with they they know that 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 is such a different thing and i'm not sure exactly what that is but
1: yeah yeah i know the logical scientist in me want really wants to to have a explanation for it yeah but you're right i don't know if there is one there's certainly not one that i've come to a conclusion that i've come to i've come to the same conclusion as you that it's necessary and i think the charity mind says that the five they've got like five pillars of well-being i think it's um nutrition exercise and social is one of them i can't remember what the other two are social is one of them but it it is interesting how um how little kind of coverage it gets compared to some of the other pillars for well-being given how um like you say fundamental it is
0: do do you feel that do you feel that there's not it's not talked about enough or um when we're talking about well-being that other things take a lot more precedence or
1: Uh, i guess I think because it's so ancient is maybe why it's acknowledged less Um, and because it's in so many aspects of um, so I think you know the idea of well-being although it's always been there it feels relatively modern um, as in the sort of attention we're giving to it and that might just be because I'm of an age now where (laughs) well being really important because I'm (laughs) more tired (laughs) than I've ever been in my life (laughs) um so certainly noticed it more as a um as an important concept over the last I'd say maybe like five or six years and growing more and more every year um and living in a city I think is um amplified because there's quite a lot um sometimes when you live in a city that conflicts with your well-being needs you know your space is less mm. um there there's you can have quite unhealthy lifestyles unless you make consciously make an effort to address what your um what your mental health needs are mm. um so I can't remember what the question
0: was. <laughs> um, I can't even remember what the question was. Um, <laughs> put me on the spot now. Um,
1: oh, the, where the social is... Um, yeah, whether it's talked a,
0: about enough. and.
1: Uh... Yeah, so I think because it's such an ancient one, whereas some of the other ones, like exercise and nutrition, they feel a lot more modern. And by modern, I don't mean in the last five or six years. I mean, like, more uh, in the last kind of few decades. Whereas the social aspect um it goes back our awareness of it i feel um is probably a lot more historical in in terms of you know studies that i read when i was studying there is a lot around social um that goes way way back whereas more of the kind of nutrition exercise side of things feels a bit more modern right um, so
0: cuz you studied psychology Mm. And so there was quite a lot of like social stuff in there. Then was there like but but older sort of science? Was it?
1: Yeah, definitely. I I I would say so. It's not. um, It's definitely not a new concept for people to be researching and testing, Um, but because it is so complex, um, it's you know that you don't think you can ever end studying it because no. it's so yeah it's it's such an interesting one
0: mm. yeah well i uh I've, I've got one fun question to wrap it up on okay um, so would you rather a year so a full year right of yeah being alone right So you're just alone for the whole year. You're going to have all your your needs taken care of. Maybe you're in a hut in the Himalayas. Um, Lovely. Yeah. So a whole year alone. (laughs) Or would you rather have company absolutely everywhere? So when you're on the toilet, when you're in the shower. I mean, you get to obviously choose the company.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's such a good question. Definitely 100% the first one. Really? Yeah, being alone for a whole year, to be honest, that sounds that sounds quite <laughs> idyllic for me. <laughs> I guess you're
0: so busy that it actually sounds like the, the perfect thing right now.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't want it for any more than that, but the idea of the idea of company everywhere I go is um, no. As a self confessed introvert, that would be horrendous. <laughs> I try and avoid company most most of the week.
0: <laughs> cool well then uh yeah. which would you pick <laughs> um <sighs> i mean going to the toilet would be the hard one i think
1: um <laughs> you don't strike me as someone that's shy about going to
2: the toilet people. <laughs>
0: that's true um (laughs) I feel like I would enjoy the company one more I think I would enjoy that year more but I feel like the alone one I'd probably come out of it a better person you know like people go on these like like I'd really love to go on like a silent retreat um for like 10 days or whatever so I feel like being alone for a year I think I would come out and I'd Learn a lot about myself and then can move forward. Um,
1: Do you think that doesn't that conflict with everything you were just saying?
0: <laughs> and we'll end there. Dan <laughs> hasn't got a clue what he's talking about. Is <laughs> that
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: you're going to name the podcast <laughs> episode? <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe I should rename the whole podcast as Dan doesn't have a clue. I'll just be a picture of me with like shrugging my shoulders, like looking confused. question mark over your head. Oh, that is such a, that's a much better podcast idea. <laughs> right, that'll be next. I'll do two podcasts. <laughs> one where in this one, I'll try and act like I know what I'm talking about. And then the other one, I'll be myself and just, just, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just your guests at the end being like, what was that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah okay well you I'll know, listen to it <laughs> we've both learned something about my- ourselves you've learned that you want to get away for a year and just be by yourself <laughs> i've learned i don't have a clue what i'm talking about so
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think we came out of this with completely different ideas about loneliness than we went into it i'm like oh loneliness that sounds lovely <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, but no um to anyone listening um i would like to say especially i might contact a couple of people i've done a podcast with before Uh, one of them who's actually been on a silent retreat i'd be quite interested to see what he thinks about sort of the stuff we've been talking about um but yeah anyone who's who's interested in this this subject and has their own points of view also anyone who really feels um comfortable alone for for a long time and can explain can explain that from their point of view you know without any sort of friends and family like if, if they genuinely feel a lot happier um i'd re- i'd be really interested to talk to you and and, and if you feel alone or that sort of stuff i think this is a very wide-ranging subject so yeah to anyone listening um, mm. yeah i'd love to get you on but uh yeah finally thank you thank you very much hannah
1: thank you dan that was really interesting